Hello, I'm Carrie Gard and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Finally, super gray winter this year over here in the UK, and I'm so happy to see the sun and even happier to be introducing you to season 11 of Tea Time. Eight more episodes are all here just for you. Check them out and listen in whatever order you choose. I did curate them for you to serve up the best flow possible if you did decide a bitch, but no worries if you'd prefer to skip around. Listen your way. On this first episode of season 11 is a gem. She chimed in all the way from Israel and we dug in hard around what it really means to know your audience, not just know them, but understand them, what challenges they face, what their priorities are, and if what we're doing as marketers is really working for them or not. Danny Wolf breaks it down for me on how she has gotten to know her buyer and why we all need to just pick up the damn phone and do the same. Danny is the VP of Demand Gen at Cyber Six Skill. She's a swimmer turned marketer and she still has the same appetite to win. She's been applying lessons learned as a distant freelance freestyler to B2B organizational success for the past 10 years. And while she still gets the same adrenaline rush looking at the scoreboard instead of beating her personal records, she prefers racking up net new ops and revenue with growth marketing strategies. Today, she is responsible for digital marketing and demand gen programs at Cyber Six Skill. And her core specialties include digital marketing with a focus on net new customer acquisition via web optimization, SEO, SEM, social media, conversion rate optimization, and marketing automation. Oh man, here's our conversation with Danny. Hi, Danny. Thanks for joining me on Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Hey, Carrie. Nice to nice to see you again, and thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Before we get into our the heart of our conversation, uh, for our listeners, tell us your story. What do you do, Danny, and how'd you get there? Yeah, um, sure. So, uh, so I've been I've been spending the last decade or so uh, running digital marketing for various B two B companies. Uh, tech companies specifically. Uh, today, I'm, I'm currently the director of demand gen at Cyber Six Skill, uh, uh, the threat intelligence company. Um, I think it was back, back in 2011 or so, that's when I fell in love with the importance of um, user experience as it ties back to technology and, and the way we do things as marketer marketers. But I mean, ironically enough, um, I continued for, I think, a good five or six years, uh, continuing to chase after leads, all of these vanity metrics that really had no impact on the business at the expense of what I was so passionate about achieving, which was creating meaningful experiences for um, audiences through, you know, digital marketing campaigns and websites that resonated um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been spending, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of cool things in the, in the past 10 years. And, and part of that time, um, you know, unfortunately, I was spending time uh, uh, focusing on a lot of trivial tasks based on uh, assumptions, um, superficial data, inaccurate dashboards, tasks that had absolutely no impact on what was important to my business and to my audience. So, you know, I felt like 
wow, this, this really sucks. Um, because I know how to do all this great stuff, but then like when I went to level up my marketing career, share wins, show impact on growth over time and on revenue, I didn't have a lot to show for it, which was really discouraging. So like I was working for companies expecting ex exponential growth. I was trying to tap into companies work, uh, who needed exponential growth and like, I don't know, 20% increase in pipeline year over year didn't cut it. So, so yeah, for like halfway through my career, I really started feeling overwhelmed and anxious and I felt like I wasn't making an impact fast enough. And, um, you know, I, I use those feelings as an, as an excuse, not, not to do things the right way. Um, and I think a lot of marketers do that, unfortunately. Um, that's when I burnt out. Um, I wasn't so inspired and yeah, it, it pains to say that, um, pains me to say that while I've uh, mastered a lot of skills as a marketer, um, the one skill that was missing for me uh, halfway through my career, which I wish I massaged a little bit more was um, learning how to get close to my audience, the buyer, the customer, learning how to listen to them and, and ask the right questions, extract important insights, um, that would diagnose the situation and then focus those efforts to create good experiences that would then really create exponential growth. So I think it was, I think it was when I moved into working in, in the cybersecurity space about four or four years ago, five years ago, four years ago, actually, uh, now that I think about it. And I started getting close to actual, the actual people I was marketing to, to the actual mindset that's where I changed the, the real core of my marketing values. And, and since, ever since then, learning about my audience has been my obsession, creating great experiences for, for them and for my team is my passion. Um, empathy, trust, loyalty, that's, that's my North Star. And so every day I'm really trying to carve out, excuse me, every day I'm trying to carve out some time just to read about the market listen online, talk to customer facing stakeholders internally, uh, listen to the customer calls to, to identify the, the bleeding neck challenges and, and the motivations there um, so that I am able to, to redefine the way I work for, for success. So that, that's, where I, that's what I'm up to now. I'm working, uh, I'm working in cyber six skill. I'm working in the cyber security space and um, really trying to change the way tech marketing is done given our current climate. Yeah. So that was a long-winded answer. Sorry about that. No. Uh, yeah. No, it's great. It's the journey. It's the journey you've been on yes. and where you are now, which I think is so, I don't feel like as marketers, we all have such a clear vision of our passion and how to, how to use that passion for the greater good, essentially, um, and how to better serve our our customers. So mm -hmm. I love, I love the clarity of it given now where you are. So you talked about some of the challenges and struggles you've had on this path, but for where you are now and how you're, and how you're currently working towards your North star, what challenges are you facing right now in that? Yeah. I mean, I still sometimes get caught veering off to, to like trivial tasks that, you know, have no real impact on revenue or, or that compromise customer experiences. I mean, we're all guilty. We, we all are, are stressed and, and are expected to provide results quickly. So, you know, you, you fall into that trap sometimes. Another is just, you know, 
unfortunately, sometimes you work with people who have a hard time grasping your vision of, of being, you know, customer centric, because I think, um, you know, those people are, are comfortable with the status quo. Um, you know, it's hard to, to challenge, challenge it sometimes. Learning that I think the big one here that kind of is the overarching theme for, for the smaller challenges that I'm dealing with now are, is just learning to battle or, or trying to change that profit at all costs mindset to a mission before money mindset, especially in the cybersecurity um, uh, space and in their workplace is, is really hard because not, not all companies subscribe to that and it, and it has to come from, from the top. And so us minions at the bottom, uh, if you will, it, it's, you know, it's hard to, to bring that upwards, you know, um, I, I think it has to be a company's DNA first and foremost. And so that's, those are some of the challenges I'm dealing with. And it's interesting that I've had, I've had this conversation a couple of days ago with another cybersecurity marketer and, we were talking about the, this specific challenge that, you know, we're all, we're all sometimes, um, you know, working in, in some companies that don't, don't subscribe to it. And what do you do? Is it like, do you leave or do you try and fight the battle and, and educate? It's, it's this like balance, like, what do you do about it? Right. So, yeah, those are, those are a few things. Do you think part of the challenge, the status quo, the mission, do you, do you find that it's coming from a place of, say, you mentioned this in your journey, that it's the, the tactics you're doing, you're talking about now, the, the vision you're talking about now, correct me if I'm wrong, it takes time. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a quick win. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a compound like once you, once you get it going and kind of like a flywheel, then, then you start to feel the momentum, but to get that going it, that takes time. Do you think that's sort of the push and pull you're feeling of like, well, we need results right now. And you're like, we're going to get them. But like, if we take this path, it's, we're, we're going to get them, you know, it's, it, it will happen, but we got to get that flywheel going. Do you think that's sort of the friction you're feeling? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that definitely is it. You know, how do you, pitch a new strategy based on new values to your CEO and board, and then expect them to be okay with that. Um, the answer that, yeah, this is a long-term play and, and we will see um, incremental growth over time. So you need to be able to identify, even, even with the research that you're doing via data, uh, you know, qualitative and quantitative insight extraction, what are the low hanging fruits that I could hit right now to, to support growth now in the short term while, um, you know, uh, building out uh, a longer term strategy that's more customer, customer centric based on customer insights. I mean, your, your short term and long term uh, strategies should be based on customer insights whether they're qualitative or quantitative from interviews, surveys, or, or Google analytics. So you have to come in, come in with a couple strategies or a few to show this is how I'm going to supplement short-term growth. That's going to then eventually supplement long-term growth. This is how I'm going to supplement long-term growth. That's going to tie back into the short-term, you know, it's a, it's a, it's intertwined. So you need to be able to, to tell the story in, in that way, right? You got to understand your audience is, is 
is your CEO, is the board. You have different audiences that you're trying to cater to and sell to essentially as a marketer, not just the end user or the buyer, but the, your internal, the employees, your internal audience, that's, um, you need to be able to tell the story there and, and sell, sell to them. That's definitely, you know, a challenge and a hurdle at times. And, um, I, you know, I've asked my CMO that same question just you know, a couple of weeks ago, how do we do this? Right. You know, this is where we need to be going here. We have the, the insights from the audience. They're saying that they're saying this, this is not, this does not work. We need to stop that. We need to move to this type of uh, this type of engagement, this type of uh, messaging, this type of uh, media, and so while it takes time to do that, what what how do we how do we funnel in right growth right now? What do we do? And so, um, said so, you know, got the same answer then too. So, so let's talk about the audience and being audience centric because, and you mentioned this too of. And I can't remember if you mentioned it in your journey or if you mentioned it in some of the previous conversations we've had, because we've been talking about this a lot, which I love. In terms of talking to your audience, that feels like a barrier to entry for us as marketers, because it doesn't feel in our wheelhouse. Is that, would would you agree with with that? Regardless of whether it should be in our wheelhouse, just like the way that we've been brought up over the years, it it feels out of our wheelhouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How have you overcome that? Um, I think, first of all, I, I really, I have, I struggle, I struggle with the concept or, or with what I see and, and with this, I'm going to, I'm going to mute my mic phenomenon or, or sit down the smart, the smart people are talking phenomenon and like marketers are smart freaking people. Like we need to speak up. And so I struggle with that. And I've been, I've been there and I think it's just this issue we have, we, we suffer from imposter syndrome. We all do, um, even the best of the best do. But I think I was lucky because early on in my, my career, and this, this is where I think it starts. I think the journey to be customer-centric, audience-centric, empathy-centric begins is having a genuine curiosity, a, like genuinely wanting um, to learn from others in your career, it starts there. And then understanding that you have to, you have to build empathy, which, which is trying to identify and share the feelings of your audience so that you can have a deep understanding of those you're working with. And that's hard to do. Some, 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 many people are not empathetic or, or don't know how to tap into that, be it your customers, your prospects, your employees, your colleagues, um, partners, that's the action to, to curiosity. Um, I mean, it wasn't until halfway through my, my career when I phased into, into security where I was like, okay, let's, let's pair my failures with, with um, listening to the frustrations of others online where it clicked. I'm like, okay, this is, something's not working. That was the, 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 the shift for me. Um, and that's, that's, that was the click of, okay, I need to be doing things differently and, and putting myself in their shoes. So so then it's empathy and then, and then taking action. It's not just enough to be curious and empathetic. You gotta, you gotta do something about it. Right. So, so being able to say and be comfortable with, with challenging the status quo of doing things the way things are being done. Right. Cause we're comfortable doing it that way. It's how, people buy into it. The board buys into those, 
non-system metrics, the, the sometimes CEOs buy into the non, the CMOs even buy into the nonsense, ta- nonsense tactics. So being comfortable stopping all, all that nonsense you're doing, cutting it out based on, on, you know, all those things based on assumptions and guesswork. And then listening, right? Listening, being, being empathetic and applying what you've learned about your audience to diagnose your situation, your, the situation, being able to focus your efforts to, to then grow your business goals and create pleasant experiences for people you, you care about. That's to me, kind of the evolution of be, becoming audience centric. You said a couple of things that I just want to, I want to touch on. You said nonsense tactics and nonsense metrics. Do you have, just so that we're, and I know this is going to be true to your specific audience and what you've learned. And we're definitely talking to some cybersecurity folks, so they may appreciate that. And we're also talking to B2B tech in general. So I think there's going to be some overlap. Um, again, I'm not saying that what, what you've identified is not working for your audience is for everybody, but I think it's, it's helpful to understand what's not working for your audience. Yeah. Um, a, a couple examples and yeah, and I've been guilty you know, with some of these um, sure. in the recent past, some of them much earlier in my career. But, you know, uh, the, the famous one, like distributing high-level ebooks on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn forms um, that generate leads that will never buy. Like, oh, yeah, we see lead growth over time. But then just in the past year, we've created one opportunity at like, you know, like 70% lower ACV than, than any other account we've, or opportunity we've created. You know, the people eat that up. We need more leads. We need more leads. And, and it's just like, we're fueled by this fear to, to, to not create enough leads. Um, that's one, I think, um, a big one that I have a beef with is like, uh, you know, building ABM lists to eventually bribe potential buyers with a 75 Amazon card for a meeting versus just build, getting to know the person, building a relationship, giving them value, tying value to the problem, um, you know, talking to them, getting insights from them, getting feedback from them, and, and eventually maybe discussing some kind of transaction. Another thing, oh yeah, investing in expensive intent tools first versus building out the actual strategy. So that wasted a lot of time and money, um, you know, and no metrics tied there versus um, the risk of our time, right? And lack of uh, success in specific, you know, ABM plans that we've had. I'd say... Another one off the top of my head is, oh, creating overly complex uh, email nurture flows in Lucidchart, which eventually were launched, but had zero impact on, uh, on, on our metrics, on our growth. Um, and it just aggravated people. <laughs> in the security space, right? And it could work somewhere else. So there, there's a lot. I mean, I have a list on LinkedIn of maybe like 50 or 60 things that I've done, which had, you know, wasted, just wait, was a waste of time and had no impact on the real, the real business metrics. Yeah, I've seen that. So I'll grab that and, um, put, and yeah. link it in the, in the comments. I think that's really helpful. 
um, there is a shift that's happening away from lead gen and demand gen and how much of that you gate, how much of it you don't gate, or if you gate any of it. And so there, there's definitely, and maybe I've just created a lovely echo chamber for myself, which is entirely possible. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I love what you're saying it, in going back to the audience. I'm just going to say this, not because I necessarily agree with it, but I'm wondering if people, if it's, if it's flowing around people's minds as you're talking. So I want to, you know, ask the question of, I love what you're talking about in terms of being audience centric and being curious, empathetic, taking action and listening. And you talk, and you said it a lot about talking to your audience. What is that? What do you mean by talking to your audience? Are you talking about like, going online and doing some research on articles? Are you talking about literally picking up the phone? Are you talking about doing what we're, I mean, creating content in a pocket? Like what are you, when you're talking about talking to your audience, what are you actually saying in that? Well, mostly, uh, most of what I do is listening to my audience and it's right in front of our faces. You, you will be astonished at the amount of, um, for me specifically, this ties to security practitioners, people that we're trying to sell to, bitch and moan about what marketers and salespeople are doing like flat out in front of us on LinkedIn. I don't need to go anywhere. Like I have those accounts bookmarked because I know I can rely on, rely on them to complain and tell me what is not working for them. Even, even, even tell me their pains about, about things happening in their, in their life or things happening in, in their job. It's just knowing to listen a little bit and, and, and be quiet right? Behind the scenes, stop talking amongst yourselves, just focus your efforts on, on listening to that. It's astonishing, really. Um, I love it. I think to me that fuels, I'm like, ah, it's, it's great. Sorry, I got really excited there. What was the question? No, <laughs> I got, no, that's the question of like, I, so. Oh, so, so it's about talking, right? Yeah, well, talking and listening, but like where you were doing that. So yeah, so LinkedIn and really like, yeah, you know, sometimes um, you need like, I think you do need an introduction, right? So um, I've asked a couple people, hey, can you introduce me to this and this person? I'd love to have a conversation with them. And again, this is not about customer research or, or buyer research. I, I just want to get to know these people because they look like great people. And they look like they have, like, I want to know what they have to say about these things. This is like, again, that's that genuine curiosity right? And empathy that you got to have, like, I'm really fueled by that. And it's really refreshing um, in my evolution and as a, as a digital marketer um, to, to, to really have that drive you. Yeah. Just like pick up the phone and talk to them um, and podcasting. Oh my gosh. Like, I think this is a great way to get to know your audience. First of all, I think it's a great medium. I, th I think this is a great, I think people are, this is how people are consuming information you know, they're not, they're, it's just hard to read. They don't have time. They, even if they're not driving, sometimes they're just sitting and they want to listen in. And for me specifically, as someone who's like deep in podcasting now with Cyber Six Seal and also for myself, it's just, it's a great way to connect with people and get to know what, what their challenges are. What are they going through? What are they thinking? What pisses them off? What makes them excited? Um, what motivates them to get up in the morning and, and, and do what they do? which to me is, is fascinating because they're doing really cool things and solving so many real freaking scary problems. Like I want to know, like, I want to know what's going on with them. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's picking up the phone and just, it's just asking. 
And surprisingly, what I've learned, and this might answer some of your, your future questions, but what I've learned in, in the security space and about the, the security practitioners is that, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they do bite sometimes and they do, you know, lash out and, and they have strong things to say, but there's a large percentage of people in, working in cybersecurity who are willing to help, who are willing to help marketers, salespeople, vendors do things in a better way. And I found this so comforting and so empowering that it made me kind of put down those walls and barriers and then put the imposter syndrome aside for a second and just say, ask for a quick conversation, get to know them. They're very nice people. They're very generous. And I mean, I mean, one specific relationship that I have that I've built in, in uh, uh, just recently with one, one hacker, um, well-known in the community, um, you know, was born out of a frustration he had with me as a marketer using buzzwords. And I, the first thing he said to me indirectly was, take that person out back and taser them. And I'm like, whoa, okay, what the hell did I do wrong? So yeah, they're emotional people, which is also surprising, but they're people. And I mean, you know, just talk to them. Just talk to them. There's no reason why marketers should should sit to, on the sidelines. Um, salespeople should not sit on the sidelines. We all should be part of the conversation. Yeah, that's sort of where my conversation was going because the way that we were talking about it was, you know, when you say pick up the phone, my immediate gut reaction is like, but I'm not a salesperson. Like, am I supposed to be? Even like, better. Even better. Even better. Trust me. <laughs> why do you say that? Well, because, you know, it's, they don't want to be sold to. Yeah. Your audience doesn't want to be sold to. They either don't have time, they don't have money, or they just don't want to, you know, like deal with shady tricks. You know, and in most cases, they will tell people who are not salespeople the truth. Because it's, you know, you're, you're coming at a different angle. You're not coming at, oh, I want to know your problems because then I'm going to go take your problems, try and fit it to my solution. Yeah. Right. No, I, I don't know your problems because I'm genuinely curious and I generally want to understand what the issue is. It's going to inform me on how to do my job better because frankly, if we don't do that, we're shit out of luck as a security community and we are not doing justice. I know this is a very utopian answer, but we are not doing justice for the people on the front lines trying to battle some really freaking serious threats. It's scary. And I'm not trying to, you know, like inject FUD in here or anything like that or FOMO or whatever. Um, but, um, but we, we've got to, we've got to figure this out and we've got to um, become a little bit more authentic, moral, ethical as marketers and sellers to, to do things the right way so that their jobs are a little bit, a little bit easier. I, like we're not trying to save the world and solve all the problems, but if we can do things a little bit more ethically so that they are able to solve just one more problem, then I think we're, we're in the right direction. And, I, and a lot of people, a lot of people, not just marketers, um, sellers, engineers, vendors, but a lot of security practitioners who are being sold to believe that. So I'm, I'm very passionate about that. I can go on for days. They, they believe that they're trying to, 
the practitioners believe they're trying to solve problems? They, they believe, no, they believe that, that, you know, if we're all in this together and we're, we're starting to, to do things a little bit um, more ethically, then we'll solve just one more problem. You know, that they're on board is what I'm saying. They're on board. And this is this again, this was surprising to me that they are on board and there, there are, are several who want to help. Not, and not just there's, you know, not just, Hey, vendor, leave me alone. Like, you know, there are those people who are bashing marketers and, and sellers left and right. And okay, well, what's that going to do? Is that, how's that going to help me fix what I'm doing wrong? There are a lot who are, who are willing to say, Hey, this is not the way to do it. This, this is the alternative. And, and that's what I'm trying to expose. Like, let's try and let's, we need to put that on a pedestal and put that on a platform. Stop this, stop, you know, um, because we subscribe again, it goes back to the, these trivial, we, sub, we get so sucked as Marcus, so sucked in these, you know, useless tactics that are just hurting us mm -hmm. as our, as professionals, hurting our business and hurting the end user, yeah, yeah. you know? So again, very utopian, but I, I, I believe in it. And I think, um, I think if we just speak up a little bit more and, um, you know, to your point, get out of the chamber, stop talking once yourselves, talk with them and do this together, build together. Then I, I think we get, we got a chance of doing something pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I love, I love what you're saying. And I, it sounds like you've created sort of your own little LinkedIn community over there. It's not connected where they're all connected, but sort of your, you've got eyes on what's happening, having connect, like done some outreach to say, Hey, I'd like you to be in my network or maybe you're, is it, is it connections? Is it follows? How are you using LinkedIn to, to get this sort of information and to bookmark these people? Is it? Um, yeah, I'm joining in the conversation. I'm commenting. I'm putting my point of view out there. And uh, I don't know, who was it? Um, I don't remember who said this. Maybe it was Josh Braun or something. Join the resistance. Like, seriously, join the resistance. If they are resisting you, join. And okay, so what are we going to do now? Let's figure, figure it out. And, and you know, I, um, I make it a habit every day to try and, try and listen to, to what, you know, my audience is saying. Um, um, all at the same time, um, posting content that is um, what I hope is use, useful and practical and actionable for, for people reading my posts. So yeah, there's LinkedIn. Um, there's, there are conversations that I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking people what they're thinking or, or what, what I could be doing better and putting my thoughts out there. And, and, and I'm realizing people are subscribing to it. Maybe not, you know, publicly, but uh, it's resonating. And, and that to me is empowering. Um, even though I don't have all the likes and I don't have all the comments and I don't have all the engagement metrics like booming, I'm hoping over time I'll see, I'll see it. Um, I'll see that, but the feedback has been positive so far. And um, there is a shift that's happening towards audience first. I mean, there's people actually are now having the titles audience mm -hmm. marketing, which is mm -hmm. fascinating to me. And I love what you're saying about the power of LinkedIn because it is incredibly powerful and not subscribing to the metrics of likes and comments and those things. But you are talking about the end of the day, in order for 
us to help our customers, we need to continue to grow our own companies. And there has to be, I find this for myself a lot. So I'm going to speak about me. Like I love, mm-hmm. for me, it is a curiosity standpoint to me as an empathetic one. Like I'm, I'm not, I didn't create a podcast because I'm out to sell anything at the end of the day. I'm out to learn mm-hmm. just have really fun, great conversations. And for us, it's helpful because like as marketers and not being sellers to your point, like we don't have to worry about that to some degree of like, you know, but there is, there does need to come a point of that shift of like, okay, here's what you need. Here's how we can help. Like, do you, how, how do you bring them in at the end of the day? Is it just through all these conversations and listening? Is it actually putting together marketing programs to then to adhere to what they're saying? Like, how do you make that leap that you've done all this listening? You heard what they said. Now, how do you actually turn that into marketing and, and bringing things to the sales team for them to, to follow through? Or is it, or is it just not, is that just not? No, of course it is. I mean, whatever you're, you got to take those insights and apply them. So, uh, you know, for me specifically, you know, I apply a lot of the insights to, to content, the content strategy, you know, we're talking about one thing, we have our own point of view, we're not seeing it's resonating. So let's go out and ask, okay, well, what, what, the, what do you, what will help you do your job better? Right. What, what inspires you? What do you like reading? Where do you like reading it? So that to me is going to help me with my content strategy and my media strategy, which then, you know, will help me. Um, yeah, oh, and then asking, um, asking customers, um, you know, to, to, to take you, to take you back to the time when they thought about using a solution, what changed in that journey to say, yes, I need to buy now will we'll help you pinpoint, will help you pinpoint what the problems were, what were the motivations were, which then will help you pinpoint how you should be targeting buyers in that specific, in that specific, uh, journey who are, who are higher intent, who need to solve a specific challenge. Um, asking them to take you through that journey. What did you do? Who influenced you to buy? Who, uh, where, where did you find the information to, uh, to evaluate a solution like ours? Then that will help you with placement for specific uh, high, high intent ads um, or search ads specifically to, to funnel in more and more demo requests or whatever your raise your hand action is. So, so yeah, it's taking different things that people are saying and applying it to your strategy, your strategies and tactics, whether it's creating new demand or capturing existing demand, there's so much that you can do with it. And then that eventually is going, the ROI of that eventually is like lower cost per ops, your sales velocity uh, will improve. Um, your sales team in general will be much happier. So there, there you go. You're making people happy across the board. I'll even take it like back even further, having these conversations might even change who you're targeting, which then will change your whole go-to-market strategy. So, you know, a lot of companies go in saying, oh yeah, we're going to be targeting this person. This is the persona, but then there are no like strong sales or there's no like incremental growth. Are we targeting the right people even? Is their customer fit to our product? Like that to me is powerful. And then, and then your positioning change it, changes altogether. So yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot that you can apply. Cust- like, it's just, it's not linear. You do customer research and then you do, you know, positioning and then you do the website and then ads. No, it's all, 
it's holistic. It ties into your whole process and it should be, uh, it should be circular or I, I'm trying to envision it. Right. Yeah. It should be all always on. It's and changing. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Evolving. There, evolving there are different audience. ways to do. Yeah. There are different ways to do um, audience research. Research is not, not just one-on-one interviews. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if you have your web listening sounds like a huge yeah. opportunity. That's low hanging yeah. fruit for sure. Yeah. Social listening, heat map tracking, surveys, um, uh, user testing if for specific um, uh, products that are, you know, SaaS products, not, not necessarily. Oh, you could do it for enterprise products too. But panels. There panels, yeah. Uh, pain, point, pain point boardrooms, um, one-to-one interviews. There's just so much that you could do and it's fun. It's really fun. It's it's really addicting, and I I, I want to do this all the time. I told I we just had this conversation. I was just telling Daddy that right before we got on how I've been doing podcasts now for over two years, and it's actually become like my place of zen. Like yeah, I just love having these conversations, and it gives me joy, and it gives me energy and connection, and um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's super empowering. You know, a, a quick story. You know. I, I know we're going a little bit off topic here, but a quick story. I think um, it was like a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to, to this hacker that I was telling you about earlier. And we were supposed to talk about, you know, we've been working together also, we've been doing some stuff for podcasting. And, uh, and instead of working, you know, he just asked me how I'm doing. And we had like a 30 minute conversation about how we're feeling and he asked me, like, you know, he gave me tips on on what to do in order to feel better because I you know I'm stressed and we're all stressed. And uh, I really, you know what? That really, I took that to heart and I really appreciated that. And it really kind of took our relationship to to the next level in terms of 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 having like that trust, which is everything in security. And uh, and it just is everything in relationships, right? And it's a it's a key element to to building relationships with security practitioners. It's it's you're, you get to you get to meet them, you get to know them, and then you got to trust them. And that was really the tipping point. And I'm like, okay, this this isn't a a security guy that I'm working with, and and we're having this is a friend. To me, this is like this is a friend because if he's interested in how I'm feeling. You know, and he's t- taking the effort to get to know me as well. I mean, that's that's everything. And I know we're getting all gushy here, like right day after Valentine's Day, but like that's that's essentially it. It's building authentic relationships with and friendships with people, and then that asking for a transaction later, whether it's you know, obviously I'm not going to ask him to buy our ninety five thousand dollar product, but um, asking for a tr- you know a transaction will be so much easier once you build that trust, you know, and the doors will open, you know, he's already, okay. Hey, I know I want to talk to security people. I want to get to know them. He's already introduced me to seven people. That's awesome. Right. And, um, duh, just a little storytelling time. No, but that's what it's about. I, I think that if marketers can just sort of break down their walls of like, 
of needing the transaction right away, right? We're just stuck in this, we're just stuck in this loop of like, need the leads, need the transaction, need the revenue now, 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 now. Mm-hmm. And if we could just take a step back and be like, well, what are, what are we actually trying to solve? Like, and after coming out of the pandemic and being so isolated from people for so long, I mean, we're all craving, we're all craving connection and what better way to do it than to really understand who we're trying to serve, really understanding them as, as people and individuals and the problems that they're really having, especially now that the world has changed, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So different, you know? Yeah. And then how can we support them? Mm-hmm. That's really what it's about. And how can they support us? It's bi-directional. Yeah, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not getting value also, I may, again, it's a little bit um, opportunistic, but you know, it's bi-directional, you know, I need value too. You need, like, I, I want to know how to do things better. Not just, I don't want only, you know, we, you, and you give us, it's, it's, we need to close the loop here. <laughs> <laughs> Two way street, close the loop. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. I mean, we're this, this world, this digital world, it's technology is always changing. It's, it's creating so much complexity um, and evolving behaviors from people behind those screens. So, you know, what, what you've done a year ago is not what's going on right now. And that, that, that causes all kinds of challenges for us and barriers. If we're going to succeed in selling technology, if we're going to succeed in helping people use technology and solve those real issues and scary problems, we must, must, must get close to them. Um, you know, hop in their shoes and, and figure, figure out how to solve it with them. Get in the boat. Did you get in the boat? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Oh, Danny, thank you so much for joining me. Before I close out here, I do have, we're talking about being people and we're all human. And so it's nice to get to know you beyond your passion of being a marketer. And so I just have my three quick people first questions. Yeah. Ready. Yeah. Are there right answers or wrong wrong answers? (laughs) They're your answers. All right. First question for you. Um, Have you picked up any new hobbies in the last few years, given the pandemic? Oh, uh, podcasting. (laughs) Or or trying to launch podcasts. Uh, Well, it's uh, by the time this comes out, this comes out uh, in Q2. So your podcast will be live. So I'll make a link to it and uh, you guys can go check it out and and hear who Danny's talking to and some of these conversations she's, she's already talked about today that she's recorded and you'll be able to actually be a fly on the wall and listen to. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. wait. I'll be tuning in for sure. Um, Okay. If you, I know you're in, you're in Israel. Yeah, I am like far, far away from your team. Yep. Uh, If you could be with your team and y'all will be hanging out and uh, brainstorming together and, and going desk to desk, what song would you want playing overhead to set the vibe? Oh, we're going to be here for a while. I don't know. I'll probably play some like intense, like trance song. I, I don't know. Oh man. I don't know. Pass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll take it offline and put it in the comments. I, yeah, that's awesome. Just send me the song when you think of it and I'll, I'll add it to our, our playlist. Maybe something like Bob Marley or something like that. I don't know. Something chill, actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we'd be brainstorming. I think we would all be just getting together to like connect and maybe drink. Those are the best times with employees and 
alcohol. Anyway, Bob Marley would certainly set the set the vibe. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, well, if you have a specific song you want to send me, I'll add it to our playlist. Yes, I will. All right, final final question for you: If you could travel to anywhere in the world, although Israel sounds awesome and it's on my list, um, where where would you go and why? Oh my gosh, Italy, the Amalfi Coast, or maybe like Northern Italy at Como, Lake Como. I'm I don't know. I'm I've been living vicariously through Instagram because I just haven't traveled in so long, and I'm like, oh, I want to go there. Oh, I want to go there, <laughs> and that is so pretty, and pizza. So probably the Italy or Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Won't say why, <laughs> but Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. So those are my top two right now. Great answers. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure out the songs that I'll take with me to, to those destinations. Yes. You'll have a whole playlist. Yeah. Be different playlists depending on the location for sure. For sure. Daddy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. This was a pleasure. I love this. That was my conversation with Danny Wolf. If you'd like to connect with Danny, you can find her on LinkedIn. The link is in the show notes. She also helps Cyber Six Scale launch a new podcast, Dr. Dark Web. Be sure to check that out. She's also about to launch her own show. So be sure to connect so you know when it drops. I know I'm on the edge of my seat. Can't wait. Thanks again for joining me, Danny, and thank you for tuning into the first episode of season 11. In the next episode, I chat with Chris Feldman, where we discuss what it means to be mission-driven. Stay on, and the autoplay will take you there. This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency that helps cybersecurity and data companies get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG, music mix and mastering done by Austin Ellison. If you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketing.com to apply.